0: following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church at Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. We are starting our third talk now in our series, World Changers. I really enjoyed this series. Am I the only one who's enjoyed this series? Anybody else out there? Woo! Three people. Awesome. (laughs) <laughs> we're going to do something new next week. <laughs> Actually, no, we're not. We're going to do the fourth, fourth talk. So uh, We're going to keep going whether you like it or not, so there. <laughs> um, but the first week, we talked about the excuses that we have to stop us from living the life that God has called us to get to live. We talked about breaking free into the freedom that God has called us into and beginning to know that the first world we have to change is our own, that if we're going to be world changers, the first world we have to change is our own. Last week, we looked at the story of Elisha, and we looked at how we need to take a small step of faith when we step into freedom and build what, we, what I called a faith container, something that we are believing God for that we want him to fill, knowing that he can only fill it, that Elisha said to dig ditches in the valley, and they didn't see anything. The circumstances didn't look like water was going to come, rain was going to come, but they did it in faith, and so what are the ways that we can do that in our life, to take little steps of faith and build a faith container? So that was last week. You can find these talks online at explorecrc.com if you want to catch up, if you've missed the last two weeks. But this week, we're going to take a step back a little bit and look at, once we kind of step into freedom, once we kind of step into the, the, the freedom, the land of freedom that God has called us into, once we kind of began to start with faith, because who knows, it always starts with faith that we, that we follow God, Then we've got to make a decision. What is God, what is your will for me? Because there's a ton of different choices that we can make, right? There's a ton of different choices that we face today. I know for me, when I walk into Starbucks, I feel like as soon as I walk into Starbucks, I'm faced with thousands of different choices. As soon as I walk in the door and the cashier or the barista person is staring me down, whether I want a decaf or calf, whether I want a latte or cappuccino or mocha, or whether I want soy or vanilla or soy or almond milk, or whether I want a cold foam, or whether I want it hot, whether I want it cold. And I'm faced with a thousand different choices that I immediately have to know as soon as I walk into Starbucks. I feel like I have to be a genius to walk into Starbucks and order a coffee, just to make a co- do a coffee. And then like the, walk into the grocery store, and I want to find something that is potentially maybe on the keto diet, maybe gluten free, maybe um, but something that is going to be not too much calories in it because you know we don't want to do more than 100 calories per serving because that begins to be too much and it might have some weight to my side. My hips begin to be like fat, and then I want it, but I also want to find something that's yummy and delicious because I don't want to eat something that tastes like cardboard. And so I've got to walk. So I'm walking around, pacing around the grocery store, trying to find something that fits this bill, muttering to myself, looking like I'm insane because I'm trying to find something to eat. I'm tired just saying that. So it's a lot of choices that we face these days. We all face a lot of choices. Like we face choices with, um, with our clothes. Is, is today warm, too hot, so I'll wear shorts, or is it not too hot but still kind of warm and so I'm going to wear my ripped jeans so at least I can get air through my ripped jeans and then that way I can feel good because it's not quite warm enough for shorts, so I'll wear my ripped jeans instead. Or do we want to uh, figure out our TV? Do I want to watch Stranger Things or The Big Bang Theory? What am I going to do? Or do I, I, I want to choose a certain app? Because there's lots of different apps to choose from, right? There was one app that a maker made, that which is great English, um, but that, made, that he made that... Um, was a hand warmer. It would use the internal functions of the iPhone to heat up the iPhone, to turn the iPhone into a hand warmer. The app was banned because they're like, that's probably a bad idea because the iPhone might melt down. And so, and then there was another app which is a little more controversial, but it was a man that wanted to track his girlfriend's menstrual cycles because he thought, I don't want to take her on a date when she's PMSing because she'll be in a bad mood and waste money. And then his girlfriend promptly broke up with him after he made that app. So there's some bad choices that we can make. But then to take that into the more serious choices that we face, like, like our college. Do I want to go to this college or do I want to go to that college? This, and careers, do I want to choose this career or that career? Or, or even marriage, do I, should I marry him? Should I marry her? What should I do? Retirement, should I retire now or should I wait for retirement? And so this applies to faith as well. There's a trillion other choices that we have to make once we start make the choice to follow Jesus, and so what do we do? How do we understand God's will for our life? We want to know what God's will is because God wants us to know His will. Sometimes we think God is like in heaven saying, ha, 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 "I'm going to hide my will right here. They're never going to find my will." <laughs> but God wants us to know His will. The Bible even says says it so. In Ephesians 5, it says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. God wants us to know his will. But so often we struggle trying to find, God, what is your will for me? What do you want me to do? This is probably one of the topics that I'm asked as a pastor the most about. God, what's your will for my life? Um, and so the so kind of think maybe I can tap in and kind of find out what God's will is for their lives. But that's one of the things that we really struggle to find. I think one of the reasons we, abs- we, we struggle to find out what, what God's will is is because we obsess over circumstances and control and what, what are we supposed to do. And so, you know, maybe it's, it's marriage, like one of the, the choices I mentioned. Maybe we're trying to find the right person to marry. Should I marry him? Should I marry her? And, um, we just had some couples get married and getting married, so it's definitely a question. Hopefully, they've passed that point. I think they probably have, and they're, they're, but um, I'm excited for those couples getting married, so yay. Good job. But I know with, with marriage, that's one thing that we can really stress over in our lives. Like Like, should I marry the one? Is he the one? Is she the one, right? There's this idea out there that we want to marry the right one. That there's one person out there, one soul out there that is our soulmate, the one we're supposed to marry, right? Well, if we think about that for a moment, that if there's one person that's the one, like if she's the one for me and she's the only one, say I get the choice wrong and I marry the wrong one. Now, by my choice, I married the wrong one. That means the one I've married was the right one for somebody else. And so that person, by virtue of the fact that I chose their one, is now married the wrong one. And then that person, because that person was supposed to marry another one, because the another one was the right one, they're marrying the wrong one. And on and on and on it goes until by virtue of my one wrong decision, I've messed up the destiny of the entire human race. And so we can get overly, overly choosy, overly picky about our choices. And so I think I want to go to the master of finding out God's will finding out who that is, to go to the Bible, to go to Paul. Paul and the people that followed Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. So if there's anybody who knows about finding God's will, I would say it's Paul. And Paul wrote a book called Colossians. And Colossians is a book about the supremacy of Christ. It's about how Jesus is the head of everything. And if if Jesus is the head of everything, that means Jesus is the head of your choices. And he's the one who can help you determine what the right choices are in whatever choices that you're facing. And so we're going to go to Colossians 3, verse 12, as our scripture today. Actually, before we do that, let me pray. God, thanks for this chance to speak your word to these people, God, you don't need, they don't need to hear from me. They need to hear from you. So I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, God, and that this would be your word, wholly and truly yours, God, because they don't need to hear from me. They need to hear from you. We all need to hear from you, Jesus. We need your word in our lives. So, God, I pray that you might help us to see what you ha- want us to see today. In your precious name we pray. Amen. So Colossians 3. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell, rich, dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, this is the verse we want to focus on, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, Paul says, whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So his response to what should we do, he said, do whatever. Well, that's confusing. Uh, And I think part of the problem of us trying to understand God's will is that we don't understand God's will, not not just for our lives, but but even what God's will means. And so I want to break it down a little bit in three different things. First, there's God's works. Um, This might be a little bit different than what you have in your programs But um, there's God's works, and I did do the Bible app today. So for all of you that are on the Bible app, you will find it in there. Um, So God's works. God's works are the things God just does. God said, God spoke, and He created the universe. He didn't wait to talk to the angels. He didn't start a, a council to to confer with them to to see if that was the right thing to do. God just did it. God spoke, and there was life. God continues to do that today. God doesn't start, have to go to a committee to see if the sun should rise. He just does it. There's things that God just does. Those are God's works. Then there's God's ways. God's ways are revealed in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. These are the laws that he has, the, the commands that he has. These are the things that he tells us to do. And these are his revealed ways. That, these are the ways that God shows us how to live. In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, God talks to us. In the Ten Commandments, God says, Thou shalt not not commit adultery. It's not always convenient, but it's always clear. It's always true. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Those are all certain things that God has, has just said, and it's clear. Finally, there's God's will. And this is the more mysterious part. What's God's will for my personal decisions? What's God's will for my life? This is the part where a lot of us get hung up. What, God, what is your will for my life? You know, what, what should I do? What steps should I take for success? What, uh, what per- who, person should I date? Or when should I go to college? When should I start this career? When should I have kids? All of these different decisions. There's nothing in the Bible about all of these different things. Uh, so wh- how do I choose? How do I find out what's God's will for my life? Well, oftentimes God's will isn't detailed. There's nothing in the Bible, a lot of times, about your personal decisions. Um, but, but God does have something he wants to say. In Genesis 12, verse 1, God says to Abram, he says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. You see, Abram was in a land, and Abram became Abraham. So I'm going to just call him Abraham. Um, Abraham was in the land, and God said, Go to the land I will show you. I think this is a little like the choices we face. God didn't show him any path to take. He didn't give him specific instructions. He didn't give him a map. He didn't say, this is what you're supposed to do, do this. He said, go to the land, I will show you. In other words, Abram had no idea where he was supposed to go. He was kind of turning around and saying, okay, Lord, where should, can I get a, like a neon sign showing me where to go? But he didn't get that. So he just kind of chose the direction and started walking. And that's kind of how we feel sometimes. We feel like, okay, God, I, I want to follow you. I want to follow your will, but I, I don't know what your will is for me in this or that circumstance or situation or relationship or my finances or whatever. God, I don't know what to do. So God, where should I go? What, what should I do? And we, we get that because a lot of times we want something specific. We want a specific directions or specific steps to, to learning God's will for our lives. But Abram, what he, what he had is though he didn't have God's specific steps, but what he did have is he had God. God was with him. You see, we want something like a GPS, like God's positioning system. We want, we want a point where well God will tell us what to do, like like God, I'm walking. To, to go date this girl and I'm walking and God's saying date her, date her, date Nope, you turn. Uh, turn around, stop dating her. Go go find somebody else. Or God, I'm I'm going to this to this college and God, I want to go to this college. I want to take this major. But God says, Nope, right turn, go take a different mate go do a different major. We we want a God's positioning system in our life that will, will tell us what to do. We want God to pass the baton of his directions off to us. Because the thing is, what, what we want is we want God to give us some clear instructions that we can own. And then we can tell God, okay, thanks God, I'll take it from here. That's what we want. We want something where God will give us and say, okay, here's the destination. Here's the land. Not that I will show you, but here's the land I'm showing you right now. Here it is. Go do it. And, and then we can run off and go do it ourselves. But the thing that that doesn't allow us to do, It doesn't allow us to have God with us. It doesn't allow God to stay with us to help form us into the character that he wants to create in us. See, God wants us to trust him, not just with the destination, but with the journey. God wants to be with us in the journey so that as we're making the, taking the steps to follow him, he can develop the character in us that will help us to hold the, the calling that he's given us. You see, God doesn't separate character from calling or calling from character. God wants us to be able to get the character to form the character in us as we 're walking because He wants to because He knows that if we get to our calling without the character we won't be able to hold the calling in our lives see often people are, are are hired for competency but they're fired for character and so God doesn't want that He wants to form the character in us that'll be able to hold the calling once we get to it and so God is calling Abram out of the land of Ur. And I think God is calling us out of the land of Ur as well. Because we want to control things, and so we want to be faster, we want to be stronger, we want to be smarter, we want to be all sorts of things, we want to be power-er, whatever, if that's a word. Um, We want to be able to to do all of these things ourselves and be able to, to say, God, I got it. Thanks, God, I got the destination. I'm going to go off and do it myself. God, you can sit, sit there on your throne in heaven, maybe turn on, watch the game or something, because I got it now, God. But that's not the kind of God we serve. That's not a, we don't have a, a couch potato God. We have a God that gets involved that gets down and dirty with us, that comes with us, that wants to be on the journey with you as you're doing it so he can form the character that he created you to have so you can be the person that he's called you to be. That's the kind of God that we have. And so God doesn't separate calling from character. But God's will is whatever. You see, with all the agonizing we have over all the, the decisions that we've got to make, God's saying, uh, just follow me. Just trust me. Just continue to, to, to do the next right thing that I've called you to do. So that's, that's, that's who God wants us to be. And Paul says that God's will is whatever. What he's saying is if you make Jesus the head of your desires, then you'll begin to form into the person that, he, that he's called you to be. So watch this. If we begin to follow his ways... He'll begin to lead us into his will because we'll start becoming the person that he's created us to be. And as we become the person that he created us to be, we'll begin to, be, to be, know his ways. And as we know his ways, we'll begin to have the decisions that will begin to make his will. And the things that we do will begin to become his will. And so God oftentimes, he'll say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. We can say, God, uh, should I date this person or date that person? God is saying it doesn't matter who you date as much as is that person going to draw you closer to me or draw you further away from me? Is that person going to make you the right person? Or, or you say, God, should I, I choose this college or that college or this career or that career? God's saying that doesn't matter as much as the career, as who you're going to be in the college or in the career. And so God would, would put an auto-response to her anxiety saying, it doesn't matter. And, and we would say back, it doesn't matter. And God would say, it doesn't matter what you do as much as who you are. That's what God is trying to form into us. And, 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 and so I know, I know, if I know his ways, then he will lead me in his will, and, but it's a matter of faith. But there's still four ways that I wanna look at what God is calling us into. Four ways that once we've got that, that God's will is whatever, that whatever I do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. When I've got that, now I want to offer you four ways that we can find God's will for our life. First is God's word. It goes without saying that God's will is shown in God's word. Oftentimes the way we look at things, it helps us make decisions as much as all of the other factors that we might be facing too. It's our perspective. Perspective is everything. See, when I begin to read the Bible more, I begin to understand what God's will is in every circumstance. What God's will is for me as a person, even when I'm not facing decisions. What is God's will for who I'm going to be? And when I read God's will, I begin to elevate his word in my life. And I begin to look at the world through the lens of, of the word of God. And I begin to, to see, God, what do you want me to do in my life? You see, the word of God, it helps, it gives you advice when you're unsure about things. It It builds you up when you're feeling down. It corrects you when you're unsure. We need the word of God in our life to act as a guidepost, as like, just like you, when you drive along the road, there's, there's Things along the side that say, okay, here's the lane that you need to go. The word of God can act as a, as a guidepost or as, as those, those ramps, or the, the things, bumpers, whatever they are along, along the thing. Um, somebody help me out here. All right, there you go, divider. Thank you. <laughs> as dividers along the way. Thank you. This is an interactive experience here. Um, <laughs> so the word of God, the word of God helps to give us perspective. It also helps to give us power. When I'm following the word of God in my life, I realize it makes me into a better person. When I'm in my word, there is power in the word of God. It helps me to, to make better decisions. I, when, I, when I'm thinking of going astray, when I'm thinking of saying something or doing something I shouldn't, then I, when I'm, I've been in my word, I can hear the word of God. I can recall it into my mind, and I can begin to say, this is the right thing I should be doing. Jesus, when Jesus was facing the, the temptation of the devil when he was in 40 days and 40 nights in the, in the desert, uh, when he was facing that temptation, he was, would, would rebuke the devil with the word of God. So when we face situations in our life, if we haven't memorized scripture, then we oftentimes are at, at a disadvantage to the things that can come against us. The, there is power in the word of God. There's also purpose in the word of God. See, the, the word of God is alive. It's alive and active, sharper than any a double-edged sword. The word of God can come into our life and give us Purpose in our in our lives. When I'm reading the Word of God, it just doesn't doesn't just give me power and perspective. It gives me purpose in my life. It sparks a thought that that helps to lead to another thought that helps to lead me into directions. And so when I'm reading the Word of God in our lives, I can read things like Romans eight that says um, that. that God will work all things for good according to those the pur- according to His purpose for, for those He loves according to His purpose. Or I can read like Ephesians two ten that says that I'm 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 God's masterpiece that God has to, has to create, prepared works in advance for me to do. These are all things that I can begin to read and begin to, to recall and begin to memorize and uh, begin to to offer into situations when I'm facing uh, when I'm uncertain. When I'm, when I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. And so the, the one way is the word of God in our life. Another way is the, the influence of others. When we have the influence of others around us, then we have people around us. Like Matt was talking about community groups. When we have Christians, other people who are following Jesus, Jesus people around us, they can speak into our lives and tell us what we're supposed to do. Often through our lives, we get worn down and we get tired, and we don't want to live better. But people can come around us and say, "Hey, start living better. Start. You you're better than this. You can do better." And so people speak into our lives. Um, they also gives us accountability into our lives. You know, our worship team. I think they they did great today, didn't they? They did awesome today. But I'm glad there's a tryout process for for our for our worship team. Because oftentimes, somebody, some of us, we think we can sing, but we can't sing. And so we need somebody around us to say, you can't sing. Mom, you might say, mama told me I can sing. Well, your mama lied. You can't sing. <laughs> and it's okay. There's some things we can't do. It doesn't mean we can't worship. We can worship God. In fact, you should. God is like a, like a mom. Your voice sounds like perfection. It might not sound like perfection to me, but it sounds like perfection to God. And so, worship God with all your heart. But don't lead the worship. That's okay. You don't have to lead worship. But, but all on the flip side of that, people can see things in you that you don't see in yourself. And so, we need people around us to lift us up, to encourage us, to say, I see this in you. One of the things we're doing this year as a church, as a church staff, is we're, we're trying to focus on helping people to serve more. Uh, we want to help people see, walk in their gifts, walk in their God-given purpose, and so we're really focusing on that this year, and so I'm encouraging the staff to have I-see-in-you conversations. In other words, to, to people that they're relating to, to say, hey, I see this in you. I see that, that you're gifted in this area. I see that you're passionate about this, and we want to release you into that. We want to train you. We want to encourage you. We want to help you be all that you can be, because we, I believe that there's people in here that that are world changers. This isn't just a series. This isn't a way of living. We want to help people to live into the purpose that God is calling them into. So we need people around us that will encourage us to help us be better, that will help us to follow what God wants us to do. And, and third is, is the leading of the Holy Spirit. That, that, so we have the, the influence of others, and then we have the leading of the Holy Spirit. You see, God sometimes gives specific directions, like he told Jonah. Jonah, go to Nineveh. Jonah didn't go to Nineveh. He was in a whale. The whale spit him out, and he went to Nineveh. So, so God sometimes has specific directions. But oftentimes, God doesn't have specific directions for us. And, and, and so we're wondering, God, what should I do? But when we get in tune with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will, be, will show us what to do in specific situations. Like, like I said, he won't show us the final destination. He might just show us the next right step. But the Holy Spirit will come and, and be able to show us what the next right step is. The Bible says that when we don't know what to pray the Holy Spirit understands our our groans. In other words, he understands our feelings. We don't even have to say things. We don't even have to know what what to say. Sometimes, you know what, sometimes we just don't know what to pray in the face of a situation. It's so overwhelming to us that we don't even know where to start or what to pray. But in those moments, the Holy Spirit knows what we're feeling and can give us the words that, that we need to pray, the things that we need to do. Why? Because... God is so intimate. He's such a heavenly father that he can just look at you, and he knows what you're feeling. When I look at my kids, and when I look at my wife, I know them so well, they don't have to say anything to me. They, they don't have to do anything. I know how they're feeling, just by the expression on their face, just by their countenance, by the way they're holding themselves. And, and God, and I know that because I'm a father, I'm a husband, I've been around with them, I'm intimate with them. That's how intimate God is with you. God's presence is with you. God's presence is there from you. And you can't separate God's presence from God's purpose in your life. Previously, I said God's calling cannot be separated from God's community. And God's presence cannot be separated from God's purpose. But also, God's will cannot be separated from God's work. For all of you note-takers out there, those are the notes. The fill-in-the-blanks. Um, so, so, that's, so that's where that is. God, God wants to be with you. He wants to, to show you kind of the next right thing to do. And oftentimes, God is blessing a certain area on your life. And we're saying, God, bless my pursuits. Bless what I'm trying to do. God, bless my marriage. God, bless my career. God, bless my college. God, bless my whatever. You know, insert whatever it is for you there. And, but oftentimes, what God wants us to do is to be a part of what he's doing. Because what he's doing is already blessed. So if we could align ourselves with God, then we would be in the place where God is wanting to bless us. And, part, and a huge part of that starts with praying to God. That we want to be a praying church. A church that where we sh- when we show up, that we are a church that has come in prayer. We pray every morning. We pray over your, your prayer requests. So please write those down. We want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. But we want to be a praying church. We don't just want the staff to pray. We want our church to pray. Because we've got to listen to what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. Where he's, what he's trying to lead us. And finally, we have life situations. So we have the, the God's word. We have the influence of others. We have the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then finally, we have life situations. You see, God in Jeremiah 1 said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This is God speaking to Jeremiah. And I think God would speak that to each and every one of us. You see, before God formed you in the womb, he knew you. He created you. In the halls of heaven, God took the pieces together and formed you. And he had some ideas of, of, of your strengths and what you could do so that you would move toward a certain area. He had an idea of your limitations so he knew that you would need certain people around you to help prop you up in the areas where you're weak. And he, he began to create you. But then he didn't just create you and you were born and he left you. God was there each and every moment. God was continuing to follow you, continuing to be with you from the very moment, even before you were born, when he was forming you in your mother's womb, God was with you. So why do we think then that God only starts being involved in our lives once we call his name? God has been involved in your life since before you were born. He was the one that created you. And so oftentimes, we're writing a story of our lives with our decisions, with our experiences that we encounter, with so many things that we're doing, but we've never read the story of our own lives. God is involved in your life, and that means if he's been involved in your life, he's been tr- showing you signposts to way, ways that, that he would want to lead you toward your purpose, toward his will for your life. Part of it, it is, part of knowing what's going forward is really just going back and looking at your story, looking at where God wants to take you. So many of us haven't read the story of our lives, and so we don't see God's presence, and we're wondering, God, what's your will for me? But God would say, just turn around and look how I've been with you throughout your life, because the purpose is in, is in the pattern. His purpose is in your pattern. If you would begin to look back at your life and look back at your story and begin to see, God, what happened in my life? then as you begin to do that, you'll begin to see that God was forming some things in you that, that you didn't even know he was forming in you, that you, you didn't even know that he was there. I look back at my life and I see, you know, God created me as a starter. And so God moved me into planting a church. And that was one of the things that God brought off of me because I saw that was his will for me. So I pray that, that you would begin to learn how to follow God's will. And we look at, at God's word, we look at God's the influence of others we look at the leading of the holy spirit and we look at life situations that's a w i l l that's God's will for your life those are the four ways to his will those are the four ways to God's will for your life begin to search those out begin to find out because i want to help you i'm passionate about helping people find their purpose in God let me pray God, thank you for this message. Thank you for the chance to speak this, God, that uh, in the midst of this, you are present and your will is present in our lives. You are present in our lives, God. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much that you are involved with us. God, help us to be more aware of what you're already doing in our lives, that we might begin to see your will for our lives, Jesus. God, I thank you for this. I thank you that you love us and you continue to be with us. You are Emmanuel, God with us. So God, I pray that you'll help us to be more aware. Help us to be in prayer. Help us to read your word. Help us to connect with others. Help us to listen to your Holy Spirit. And help us to listen to our own life that we might see your will for our lives. In your precious name we pray, amen.